I doubt that I have ever published a page that has not been refried eight or ten or twelve times. As is true of many writers, I do not begin with a clear idea and then commit it to paper. The very act of writing helps me discover what I feel or know about something, and since each succeeding draft drives that discovery a little deeper, it is hard to know when to stop. But the fact that it took me a decade to write this book is not due only to my slow hand. I also credit a generous providence for giving me time to accrue and assimilate two experiences without which the book would have been less grounded, less honest, and hence less helpful. One of these was a failure, the other a success. Today I count both of them as blessings. Of course, the failure did not feel like a blessing at the time. Four years before The Courage to Teach was published, while the book was still a gleam in my eye, or a stone in my shoe, depending on the day, I spent a year as the Eli Lilly Visiting Professor at Berea College in Kentucky. By the end of that year I had been reminded of two things related to this book, why the title was on target, at least for me, and why I needed to write about teaching with as much humility as I could muster. Berea College has served the young people of Appalachia since 1855. Its liberal arts program is offered tuition-free to students from one of the most impoverished regions of the United States, all of whom are given on-campus jobs to help operate the college and finance their own education. I had felt drawn to Berea ever since my graduate school days at the University of California at Berkeley in the 1960s, when higher education was roundly and rightly criticized for ignoring the victims of poverty. Teaching at a college with a social justice mission had long been high on my vocational wish list. Be careful what you wish for is a cliché worth attending to. The year I taught at Berea was one of the most difficult of my life. As an affluent northerner who had only read about Appalachia, I was unprepared for the depth of the culture gap between my students and me, and I was often unable to teach across it. My own capacity for connectedness, a key concept in the courage to teach, frequently failed because I lacked personal knowledge of the other. Worse still, I was slow to acknowledge and repair my own ignorance. These professional struggles were amplified by personal loss, and, as I insist in this book, the personal can never be divorced from the professional. We teach who we are, in times of darkness as well as light. In the middle of my year at Berea, in the small hours of a sub-zero January morning, I learned that my beloved father had suddenly and unexpectedly died. Far removed from the consolation of family and old friends, I was devastated. Every day of my second semester at Berea, I had to climb a mountain of personal grief and professional failure to drag myself back into the classroom, while the courage to teach ebbed and flowed in me, mostly ebbing. I would not repeat that year for fame or money, but it left me with a pearl of great price, deepened empathy for teachers whose daily work is as much about climbing mountains as it is about teaching and learning. My other pivotal experience during the ten-year prehistory of the courage to teach was an unqualified success, not because of me, but because of the people with whom I shared it. From 1994 to 1996, at the request of the Fetzer Institute, and with its generous financial and staff support, 
I designed and facilitated a program called The Courage to Teach. Working with 22 K-12 teachers from southwestern Michigan, I became an inward-bound guide, helping them explore the inner landscape of their lives through eight quarterly retreats of three days each, following the cycle of the seasons. Technically, I led this program. Truthfully, those teachers led me. I learned lasting lessons from them about the discouraging, oppressive, and sometimes cruel conditions in which too many public school teachers must work, about the willingness of these good people to look within themselves for sustenance instead of waiting for someone to supply it, about the heart-deep commitment that keeps them coming back to the classroom, their commitment to the well-being of our children. My two-year journey with public school teachers persuaded me beyond doubt that they and their kin are among the true culture heroes of